0: Welcome to In the Room, the Vital Leadership Podcast. Vital Church is a multicultural, bilingual church located in McAllen, Texas. Visit our website, vitalchurch.com, where you'll find links to all our media platforms. For now, sit in the room with us as Pastor Carla leads the conversation. Pastor Charlie adds commentary, and the Vital Church staff provides input and feedback on topics of church ministry, leadership, vision, culture, and more. We also sprinkle in a little Spanish, a little humor, and some storytelling. Let's get in the room. All right, good morning, team. It's morning. another another morning, another day, another week. God's mercies are new each and every day, and today is not the exception. I want to tell you guys that today we have a special edition. I want to off the top thank my wife for giving us the opportunity to do this interview and talk leadership. There's so much that overlaps in, you know, the conversations and the context of our guest. And I want to hear from Carlin a little bit, but our guest this morning is Jaime Garcia, who is uh, amen, yes. Jaime Garcia is a uh, hometown hero to us, and he's a national hero in Mexico. He was a major league professional baseball player for the St. Louis Cardinals, the Atlanta Braves, the Minnesota Twins, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Cubs. He had a stellar career. He was, I think, third in the National League Rookie of the Year in his first campaign. And then he is a World Series champion, 2011 St. Louis Cardinals. But above all, he's a child of God. He's a friend of ours, a friend of the house, uh, attending VITAL for the past year and a half or so. And we're just so thrilled that he accepted this invite. So Jaime, thank you for being with us. Oh,
1: thank you so much for having me. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. Uh, Carla.
2: Jaime, yes, thank you so much for being here. One of the reasons we're so excited that you're here is because We've seen how intentional you've been uh, about using your influence and the platform that God has given you to lead people in the right direction. I was listening to Pastor Craig Rochelle a couple of uh, days ago, and he said something that is so true, and it really resonated with me and he was saying how we can lead people down the wrong path just as we can lead people down the right path correct and we can lead people to toxicity Mm. or we can lead people to health and spiritual health
0: Mm. absolutely thank you for being here jaime let me let's get started Uh, those who follow baseball may be familiar with uh, your career but who is jaime garcia they might know your name they might have seen you on television but who is jaime garcia tell us a little bit about your family your upbringing and who you are at your core
1: who am I? You know, I'm not a I'm not a motivational speaker, I'm not a pastor, I'm not a baseball player, I'm not a celebrity, man. I'm just a faithful, passionate servant of Jesus Christ and Come on you know i'm somebody walking in complete freedom a true champion not only in baseball but in all areas of life and and i think it goes back to the leadership part uh somebody that it's able to lead myself well and then lead others in the right direction so it simplifies life it allows me to live such a such an easy life not trying to seek my own name brand but just to glorify the name ball ball name. so that's that's who i am pastor carlo was touching a little bit on on you know, leader, leadership and, and leading for such a time like this, people in the right direction. And I'm just so grateful for the things that I struggle with that I went through that have given me a very unique and special platform to sit with people with empathy. Amen. Hey man, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. How were you formed into the man that you are today? To answer that question, I grew up with a lot of a lot of issues, insecurities, shame. Depression, anxiety, ADD disorders in school, just you name it, everything. It was a mess. Mm. Uh, broken physically, spiritually, mentally. It was, a, it was a really difficult childhood, but now I look back and, you know, James 1, uh, verse 2, right? mm-hmm. you know, it's considered pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go to trials of many kinds because it's destined of your faith. That, that's me. Like, and now I'm like, I'm so grateful that God allowed me to go through those moments because the God that I serve is the one that came and, and met me there. So that was my upbringing. I started playing baseball at the age of five years old. Mm-hmm. That, that became my, my life, I guess.
0: I've heard you mention before that baseball was kind of like your dad's dream, and he kind of led you in that direction. But then eventually, baseball became your outlet for some of the adversity, some of the things that you were going through. And I think that's a testament of what you just mentioned, how God turns those things that sometimes are negatives ends ends up being part of who you are and part of his purpose for your life. And I think that's so admirable, Jaime. Um, What were some of the challenges? You being born in Mexico, coming here, attending high school here, and then going to the major leagues. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, you touched on it, Pastor, you know, Baseball was pretty much my dad's dream. My dad, would I love him so much now, but he took the joy out of the game when wow. I was a kid because of the humiliation and because the identity being tied up to performance, right? Which is yes. it's something that... We talked a little bit about this. When we come to our heavenly Father, our perspective to our earthly Father is gonna is gonna have a huge effect on how we see our, our heavenly Father. But at the same time, God, you know, God still was still working, right? Absolutely. He gave me the ability to throw a baseball like nobody else, like yeah. be one of the best in the world at it. Yeah. And that's what I tell kids a lot. It's like you don't don't focus too so much on on what you're passionate about, but identify your gift and once you find it. Like even if the mode is not the right one, just seek the truth and throw your whole self at it. And I think for the wrong reasons, because my identity was tied up to being famous and, and having a lot of money and being like showing and proving my dad in the world that I was worth it and that I was enough. That developed a tremendous amount of discipline. Mm. I mean, discipline and the willingness to sacrifice a lot of things that most people are not willing to sacrifice. And then you asked about how difficult it was to come here. It just added more wood to the fire i mean it added more but but it also added more tools to my toolbox right come on so coming here from a from a broken childhood at 15 years old not only was i struggling in spanish in general to be able to articulate i was so anxious socially Right. I was I was ignorant because I couldn't learn anything in school, even in Mexico. So come and imagine coming to a different country, a different language yeah. away from your culture. And now you get exposed to different friendships. I wasn't living with my parents. So I was a mess. And then also that first year when I came here to, to Sherryland High School, 15 years old, they wanted to operate my elbow. So it was a mess. Now I look back and I just say, thank you, God.
0: Come on. And I think that's what's so inspiring about hearing you, how you've taken every adversity, every setback, and you've kept this positive attitude of, hey, this is meant to make me stronger. This is going to, in the end, have a purpose in my life. And it's part of who you are today. And so we really, really admire that. Let me ask you uh, another question. Speaking of adversity, take me to that first year when you're called up to the major leagues, you're a rookie. I know one of the things, and here's where we start talking a little bit about leadership. Sometimes people go into an organization, it's established, they have a culture, they have a way of doing things. How did you feel and how did you acclimate that rookie year when you get called up moving into an organization where, where you're the rookie, you're the new guy? How did you gain the respect of your teammates and your coaches?
1: Um, I didn't. Mm. I think, I, I think <laughs> for those of you, yeah, I didn't. I, yeah. I was just the weird guy, right? Wow. Seriously, I was the weird guy that just kept to himself and said dumb things, wow. right? Because, And that's what, I, I think that's what I'm i so grateful. It's like because if some of you guys or anybody listening has struggled with, with shame, identity issues, insecurities, yeah. right? Uh, social anxiety, whatever you want to call it. It's like you spend all of your energy trying to, to put on a mask to fit in to belong. What what ends up happening is the complete opposite. Mm. People You know label you as a weird one because you're always asking questions that are like like who's this guy
2: you know so it was
1: and i think i was labeled as a dumb kid growing up but then trying to get out of that and and investing all my energy to fit in would do the opposite right and then the more i would experience shame in the public eye i would just isolate and hide and continue to cover up and that was so draining but again god was always faithful i still remember going back to my first couple years there was a group of guys that, that are christians but not christians had a religion christians had a integrity of the heart mm. you know it's the first time in my life that i ever seen integrity and and these group were the ones that welcomed me in the ones that treated me the best and these were also the the most successful guys on the team wow you know they were the same person when they played good played good when they played bad on the hotel when their families And I'm like, "Ah, I want that. I mean, that's the, going back to my childhood, that was what I was yearning for. I didn't know it was Christianity, but I said, I want that. Because growing up for me, Christianity was the weirdest thing to really do. It was just boring, negative people that would just blame you and judge you with the Bible. That's what I grew up. I mean, that was the perspective that I have. And and also especially religion, right? People not walk in the talk. People talking religion, but not living the church, right? So that was my perspective. It was God maneuvering me and taking me by His hand along the way. And you know, guys, it's very healthy for us to hear this perspective from somebody that did not
0: grow up in the church, and how we're seen sometimes from the outside looking in, and that should be sobering, and it should make us reflect as to what we are doing wrong. We're obviously sending the wrong message as a church. If everything that people associate us with is religiosity, judgment, shame, arrogance. And so I think it's this is a time for self-reflection. And I, I'm i grateful to God, Jaime, now seeing who you are. I'm grateful for those teammates of yours and those people in the organization that taught you, not with a sermon, but with their everyday walk. Listen, guys, sometimes the best sermon people are going to hear is the life that we're going to model for them. Sometimes the best Bible that they're going to read is our lives. And so just keep that in mind. Abraham.
3: First of all, it's funny that you mentioned that you were influenced so much by these examples that you had on your team. And sometimes I think as people or as leaders, instead of being practical, we just want to gain more influence so that we affect more people. How did you navigate that? Because I know that at some point you gained influence because you had notoriety. How would you describe that? Good question.
2: Yeah.
1: What I try to do, I I try to lead 100% out of the integrity of my heart. You know, I try to pay more attention to, to how I'm living instead of what I'm saying. For the last five, six years, I've been on my knees I've been presenting the flesh in my body as a living sacrifice, my ways. I pick up my cross and I try to be more like Christ. Not perfect, but it leads me to become more and more like him. Because mm. a lot of times we're not living it. We're not walking in the wisdom of, of the kingdom of God. We're only listening to the word. We know the word, but it's, we don't understand the word and we're not applying it to our lives. It's not really infiltrating and affecting every area of our lives. Then the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. Like Come You on. don't have to focus too much on how to convince people. Like you, you, it would be able to flow from you. And obviously, when I do stuff like this, or when I get to, you know, to speak in public, I try to have a little, you know, to be a little organized. I'm learning that from Pastor Charlie and other people. But I try to plan and, and, and have the point that I'm trying to get across, and you know, have some structure. A little bit of that, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, what I try to I tell people that what works for me is that I try to become the message, like a week or two weeks before, so I, it can just flow right. But, but at, the, at, the, at the end of the day, I don't care about being a motivational speaker and just talk about leadership without the main, the main character. Yes, I think we can, we can equip ourselves and we can become people of excellence. We can become people that, that we add so much value to ourselves. But in reality, it's just to lead them to Christ. And I think what, what happens a lot of times is that like people that are so gifted and talented, uh, that gets in the way of you really surrendering, putting him in the, in the middle and, and leading out of the integrity and the purity of your heart, not out of your gift and talents. It's good.
2: I just have to reiterate a word that Pastor Abraham said, influencer. We're living in the influencer age. Mm-hmm. And um, I think uh, influencers, it takes so much effort to wear so many masks. I've come across um, influencers who say, I need a break. I'm stressed out because trying to pretend I'm perfect takes yeah. so much. So we need less influencers, but we need more influential people. Right. And the difference is the influential person is leading you somewhere significant, Yes. Right. and the influencers pointing to themselves. Yeah. But when we know who is with us and we're influencing to lead somewhere, we're influential, we're stress-free because greater is he who is in me than he who is Correct. in the world. Yeah. We need less influencers and yeah. more influential people. Mm.
0: An influencer is always seeking to add value to their own profile, and, and a truly influential person is seeking to add value to others.
1: I mean, that's that's what I've learned from you guys as well. I mean, I, I, I've been around some of the most uh, successful celebrity churches around the, like, big-time mega churches around mm-hmm. the country and the world. And by the church, I mean, it's it's up there when it comes down to excellence and it comes down to, to preparation and, and leadership. But I think the, the biggest thing, uh it, it's that we we're not losing the essence. We're not losing the the focus of what, what it's on. what church is about. You yes. know, and it's about the one person, it's about being fully present and leading people to Christ. It's to add value to people, to encourage people, to inspire, to bring them hope that that regardless of what you've what you've gone through, there there is a way to come back and to to live a, a free life. And yeah. I think and I think at the end of the day. It's what I want people to see when they do life with me and, and all the places that God has taken me and is going to continue to take me is that I want them to see that living this way, they're going to see that, that, that this, this peace that surpasses understanding that is guarding my heart and is following me regardless of what I'm going through uh, or the place that I'm at. Yeah. And uh, that's what I love about you, Jaime.
0: I admire so much how you literally give yourself away. You're involved in so many causes. You have uh, a foundation. You're always seeking a platform, not for yourself, but to point to Jesus. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, what kind of fulfillment does that bring, and how? What are some of the causes that you're involved in now?
1: Well, there's a, there's multiple that I I've, okay I'm helped, yeah. Um, but the main one is uh, a21. Yes. Yeah, with Christian Kane, and you know I've done some stuff, and you've also been involved in with Water Mission. Yeah,
0: the building wells, mm. uh, water wells around. Uh, impoverished areas and different mm-hmm. nations. You said something at the very beginning that really impacted me, that now that you're in the Lord, it has simplified your life. Last week, our topic on the podcast was double-mindedness, right? Uh, how sometimes we can be swayed easily. We're tossed by the wind to and fro uh, like a wave of the sea and how it's so important to be solid, to have the proper perspective and be single-minded and be decisive And I think that that's one thing that you've probably mastered by now, Jaime, that I see, you know, from the outside looking in. You're you're single-minded. Everything that you do, everything that you get involved in, it's always to point to Jesus. So thank you for being such a good example of that. I think Rodrigo has a comment or a question. Yes, Jaime. I want to know more about your rough seasons where you said before that you were called like the dumb kid. Like, because some of us feel nowadays like that. So when did you start, it, like, becoming this person that will actually say, like, you know what? I have something to give. I can give value because I'm, I'm valuable.
1: Um, I think it goes back to getting to the point of, of being single-minded, connected to divine. I've not only overcame a lot of my issues of being all over the place. Like, you're always a mess. Like, nobody knows you, Right. And I know a lot of people that that live like that, especially church people, right? Because we don't we don't understand that there is a process that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. There's a process of transformation, like Paul talks about, is the renewing of the mind that we have to go through, and, and we have to first get rid of the of the, of the garbage, man. We have to learn to confess. We have to learn to be vulnerable, to speak up, and to to get everything out. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not a pastor. I want to be careful what I'm saying, but we got to be careful where we do it. Right. We we can't just be worried out loud. No, you got to learn first to do it with God. You know, Mm. what worked with me is in the quiet place and beginning to write it. And then to talk to somebody that maybe has earned the right to hear my story, because a lot of people are unhealthy like you are. And then they may not give you the best advice. It may make things worse and they make you feel like, like Mm. there's something wrong with you. It's like, make sure you pray about it bringing people into your life like pastor Charlie or somebody to hear your story and somebody that is also walking in the light mm. you know going back to to every single step of of my journey you know i was broken dumb but it was it the, the hardest thing for me to do was was the the complete reset the transformation and you have to renew your mind you have to begin to guard your heart you have to begin to guard your mind you have to begin to guard the conversations you're having, the relationships, the things you're listening to, the things you're watching on TV—all those things—you have to begin to to retrain your way of thinking. The only way to get rid of a of an unhealthy habit is to replace it with a healthy habit. Come on, that's good. right. And it's the same thing with the mind. The only way to get rid of the lies and the shame and the anxiety and the that have been there since you were mm. five years old—that you were spoken that you're you're a dumb kid, you're not enough, you're fat, you're ugly, whatever it is—they were spoken over you. The only way to 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 get rid of that thought is you have to create space, you have to confess it, and you have to replace it with come God's on. truth. And that is a process, man, that, that takes time. For sure. And you can come to your pastor and he can pray for you, but if you don't go home and get come up on. in the morning, and before you look at your phone and look at Instagram, look at Facebook, if you don't get on your knees and begin mm. to open up your heart, and be still and say, Lord, I need you. Allow him to speak to your life. And then when the lies begin to come, then you begin to replace the lies with the truth. That's what Jesus did with the enemy in the desert. He said the lies about attacking our identity are gonna come in, but then you go and you breathe. And it's like, no, I am who God says that I come am. On. I am the light of the world. Okay, <laughs> preach. <laughs> so that, that, I mean, that, again, I've lived it and I've been through every single step of the process it gives me a very unique platform to, yeah. to not only talk about these topics, but also sit with people in their pain and give them hope. Ozzy. Hey, that's really good stuff. Uh, I want to
0: piggyback off of that because obviously uh, we, we lead uh, young people. Uh, and so I want to take you back to the early 2000s. Uh, the young Jaime Garcia, 15, 16 years old at uh, Line High School. What are maybe one or two things, Uh, that you would tell yourself now? In retrospect, what is something you'd tell yourself? What would you tell the 17 year old Jaime Garcia?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, I would go to my house, to his house. Yeah. And I would just sit there, give him a hug and say, I'm here with you. That's it. I wouldn't even say anything. Again, going back to the tools in my toolbox is that I don't remember a lot of what people, said to me, I just remember how they made me feel, mm. and the first time that somebody showed that I was worth it that I belonged and that was there, that did a lot, so I would just go back give him a hug and 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 be there and just say i'm I'm here with you and you're you're enough
0: you know that that's preaching to a lot of pastors and preachers out there because we put a lot of premium into what we say, but We can be good preachers, good teachers, good expositors of the word. But then if we treat our staff like trash or we treat people with negativity or with disrespect or we undermine their efforts or we just minimize people uh, who we feel are not at our level, then we're jeopardizing, we're sabotaging our own ministry and effectiveness. And I think to hear you say that, Jaime, is very sobering for me People, at the end of the day, are not going to remember my best messages. They're going to remember when I was there for them at their funeral, when I was there for them at their bedside uh, in the hospital, when we were there for them as a church. They're going to remember that more. Uh, And so, again, church, we got to keep this in mind as we move forward and we minister to people. Michelle. Yes. Um, Jaime, knowing uh, your position, what you played in the game, being a pitcher, how did you deal with the pressure? at an important game. And how does that translate to leadership?
1: Good question. By just showing up and getting on my knees, that's it. For the majority of my career, it was so miserable because I wouldn't sleep the night before because of the pain in my arm, because of the anxiety, what people think. And I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna be pitching in front of 50,000 people and then millions on TV. So the anxiety would take a hit. But, but the thing is that even though I was a mess and I had a lot of things going against me, I never made giving up an option. Mm. I still showed up. And I would literally be warming up in the bullpen before the game, feel so broken, and I would go in the bathrooms, tears, get on my knees, and I said, Lord, I need you. I need a miracle. Mm. Like, I need you. This is the thing. When you ask him and cry out for help, you got to make sure that throwing in the towel is not an option. Mm-hmm. Like you're not asking him to come and get you out of the fire. You're asking him to come and give you the strength and give right. you the 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 whatever extra push. Right. And I think what happens a lot, religion itself, it makes us irresponsible and cowards. We want God to come and to get us out of the fire. We go tell everybody's like, oh, I'm so anxious. I can't pray for me. It's like, no. Again, I'm not saying that you got to embrace everything, but if he's God called you to be in a, in a fire and there's no other way out, you make sure you get on your knees to come and help you out, not to get you out of the storm. If I don't have those moments in my life, I'm not where I'm at today. Yeah, the prayer is important. You want people to pray for you. But when you're in a situation like that, it's like if you want to experience God's faithfulness and God's hand, go through it, but bring Jesus into it with you. Come on. I don't know if that makes sense. Yes.
0: One of the things that you said was that you just you showed up. We're a, a, a society that no one wants to commit to anything right to marriage, to a family, to a job. What advice would you give the younger generation or even the adults on commitment?
1: I can testify that all the people that I've, that I've known that have accomplished a lot of success, in their career, in baseball or any part of the life, but they don't follow the building courage, they don't build the character, keeping your commitment, your Mm. word, it led to destruction in areas of their lives, whether it's family, health, finances, career. So if you wanna become a person of impact, if you wanna be a free person, if you wanna own your time, if you wanna have good health, then start with the end, which is what God does, right? That's the vision of the kingdom of God. Start with the end, and then from that, then begin to, be, to build short-term goals. right? You gotta go to the end, that's gotta be your motivation. This is the person that I'm gonna become. This is what gets me out of bed at five in the morning when I wanna hit the snooze button. You know, <laughs> yeah. This is what, what leads me to go to the gym when I, I'm so tired and I don't wanna go. This is what leads me to drink the water instead of the Coke. Yeah. Whatever it is, it, it applies to the same thing. This is what Rich. leads me to read my Bible and my book instead of grabbing social media. Once you know exactly who you want to become and where you're going, you automatically know what What things are not going to take you there. You know, what's going to drag you away from that. I don't negotiate with myself. I'm a man of my word, right? Everything that I say, that's what it is. Everything that I start, I finish. But it started building it at at a young age to where now it just becomes who I am. It's my essence, right? It's impossible for me to not keep my commitment, right? But it's a process that you got to do it. At what point, how and when did you come to the faith in Jesus Christ?
0: Tell us a little bit about that experience.
1: When I first signed professionally and I went through one of the toughest moments of my life, you know, baseball was my, my only escape, my only way to feel accepted and approved. And I blew out, literally blew out my elbow. I needed surgery right when I signed. So that led me to complete brokenness, to get to the end of myself. I was hungry for something deeper, for the truth, but that led me to get on my knees and, and even, I didn't specifically or clearly thought about mm-hmm. suicide. But, but that was the closest I've ever been. Wow. Because at that point I was like, okay, if I don't have baseball, I'm not loved and accepted by anybody. Wow. Now my arm, I can't even like brush my teeth. My arm is in so much pain. Wow. And if the team knows this, they're not gonna sign me. I'm a mess. I'm a nobody. I can't go back to school. What am I gonna do? I was so ignorant and dumb. I, yeah, I was, it, it was not an option, but that led me to, to get on my knees. You know i received a phone call and somebody family of of mine just called me and talked about the love of god that's all he said it's like oh he loves you and whatever so that led me i hung out the phone i was literally so broken on the inside sobbing in tears and i said i don't know if there's anything or anyone out there listening to me but i need help and i believe that you know that that was the beginning of it uh i felt a, a peace and a, something in my soul and my spirit that I've never felt before, mm. right? I didn't accept Christ, but I felt something that gave me hope. And then, you know, again, God maneuvering me and taking me and placing me with teammates and, and, and people. And I think the, the moment that I accepted Christ in my life was after winning the World Series in 2011. But again, I became a, uh, a fan. I became a religious person. I accepted Christ because I wanted to feel better. I accepted Christ because I didn't want to have anxiety anymore. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to belong somewhere, right? I started going to church because the church people accepted me and brought me in. So 2011, I accepted Christ in my life. But then in 2014, at the end, when I got baptized, uh, that's when I said, I'm done trying to, to prove to God and to prove to people and to belong and to fit in. Lord, I, I'm in. You can have all areas of my life. Mm. I mean, that was things that I talk about, surrendering all to Jesus. And now the same discipline that I've applied to my career to be where I'm at, I'm going to apply it to every single area of my life to become a a single-minded, stable person. Good stuff. And how did you end up specifically
0: at Vital Church? I still remember the first day you came. I saw you walk in. I didn't know who you were. All I saw was a young man that was worshiping the Lord with all of his heart. I mean head and shoulders of everybody else not because of your height but because of because of the way you were expressing yourself and um, at the end of service somebody comes and says hey pastor do you know who came to service today Jaime Garcia professional baseball player world series champion well he's here he wants to meet you so I come out I meet you and the same guy that I had seen worshiping God with all of his heart that was you but I want to know we always like to ask this question to our guests how did you hear about vital how did you end up here how did you start attending
1: Oh, my gosh. Uh, throughout the years, I've heard m- multiple people that have come here, just heard about Bidal, right? Never been here. And I remember the church that I was going to back then, they, they were having a service later in the day. And I was up super early on Sunday and I was ready. And then I, I knew that there was a service at noon. I'm like, oh, sometimes I do that. I'll double up. And I was like, I'm just going to show up. So I showed up and, you know, when you talked about me worshiping God, I went from being the most insecure, timid person in the back of the room with my hands in my pockets and like, oh, I'm just, I don't want anybody to look at me. I don't dance. I don't sing. I'm a man. Yeah. You know, we don't do that. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, that's your typical yeah. Christian man, right? So I went from that to when this transformation happened, now I'm like the complete opposite. I'm hands up, worshiping the Lord. And like, it's about- uh, Give me room. It, it give really, me room. I understand. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I got to apologize to people because like, I can't see behind me or- but. Um, you know, the rest is history. And I think it goes back to throughout the years, God has gifted me and, and um, given me the ability to discern. Mm. And just seeing that from meeting you, meeting the, the leadership of the group, and, and, and just seeing what Bible was doing. Uh, it's something that really spoke in my heart. Again, not a perfect church, but it's a healthy church that has the right, Please, God. It has the right uh, motive and focus on what we're trying to accomplish and what church is about. So I, I remember I introduced myself to you, we connected, and I just, I made myself available. I'm like, I want to be a part of that. Wow. I want to be a part of, of people that share the same passion. Yes. That it's, it's not about us, right? It's not about the numbers. It's not about growth. It's about presenting excellence, inspiring people out of the integrity of our hearts. Mm. That's how mm. I ended up here. Let me
0: tell you something where I feel you inspire and you lead by example. My brother Abraham and I have had this conversation several times, him being a touring sound engineer uh, me having come from a background of traveling, uh, the itinerating, you know, in ministry, we've met a lot of people uh, over the years that they travel, uh, they are in ministry, but they're not connected to a local church. And one of the things that I really admire about you is that that you're traveling everywhere, you're out of town half of the time, but whenever you're home. You're present, you're at church, you're worshiping. How much do you value that? How important do you think that is to always have a local church where you're grounded, where you're uh, rooted?
1: Deeply important. No, I, uh, yeah, a lot of people ask me, do you have to go to church or why do I go to church? And, you know, first I, I made a commitment to God that for the rest of my life, I don't care what part of my, of the world I am, I'm going to church on Sunday, right? Just to worship our King, But how important it is to get connected is extremely important. And just for me to have people, or for us to have people like your friendship, your pastorship in my life, Mm. and have a community where we can go and grow together, but also find a way to serve. And graduate, I mean, little by little is that when we get connected, I think I went from, I want to go to church so people can pray for me and I can listen to a good, feel good message. And I can, you know, can give me hope throughout the week to now I'm like, now I'm going to church to listen to a powerful message, to worship our King, but I can, I can serve as a blessing to somebody else. Some people that know me know, uh, heard about my trip to Turkey last year when I went and did the Apostle Paul's. Journey. I started in Tarso and ended up in Rome. Literally followed his whole process, the whole process. So I went to every single city he was at. And there's a couple of times where I was in—I don't remember exactly what cities—small towns, Corinth or Thessaloniki—and uh. and, and really like searching on Facebook and trying to find a church and driving all over town trying to find a church on Sunday morning. And I ended wow. up finding a couple too, but I didn't speak the—I didn't understand what they were saying. I, the pastors were preaching in their language, but Probably. I was there worshiping my king. I'm like, what's, that's what it's all about. It's wow. awesome. Right? That's we awesome. live in a society that is a complete opposite. It's like, oh, I don't, I, no, I'm not going to churches. I don't like to worship. No, the pastor's like, what? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not about that. Yeah. Like, it's we you understand what you're actually doing on Sunday morning and you're worshiping your king and you have an opportunity to be mm-hmm. in his presence and listen to his word. If the pastor is out of alignment and he's doing something else for ego, it has nothing to do with right, you, right, right? The purpose of going to church is just to worship your king. And there's not a better thing to do on a Sunday Come on, morning. It's good. So that is a commitment that I made. I don't care if I'm in Turkey and Greece and Rome, <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to find a church on it's Sunday good, morning. Good. And if not, I got to find, you know, I gotta, I'm, I'll gotta. i be watching Bible Church online. <laughs> so I'll do that, But, but, Let's but go. again, But again, we go back to the same thing, right? We want comfort. We want convenience. We want easy. You know, we don't want to leave our comfort zone, whatever that may look like. So uh, going back to your question, extremely important, whether you travel or not, you got to stay connected.
0: Wow, that's so good. And I can tell you something. I can testify uh, about this commitment that you made to the Lord to always be at church on Sunday. I know you often reach out to me when you're traveling somewhere, perhaps where you don't know a specific ministry or church. And hey, pastor, uh recommend a church. Hey, pastor, recommend somebody that I can connect with while I'm in this city. And one of the things that I love is that everybody that I've ever introduced you to, whether it's because you went to their town or we had a guest speaker here, is I come back two or three weeks later and, and it's like, man, we really connected with Jaime. We've stayed in touch. We text every other day. The the way that you build relationships is really inspiring and, and it's very admirable. How do you manage to do that, to not just meet people,
1: uh, but really connect with them? So now being where I'm at, walking in true freedom and being myself, I understand that that's what life is about. Life is about relationships. You know, It's about building those deep relationships uh, of a true authenticity and vulnerability and just let people see you the way they are. And then that, you know, having the solid, stable relationships like with, with you, Pastor Charlie, now, and a few of the people that I have in my life, it, it allows me to, to to guard my heart, guard my mind, my That's soul, good. and then it allows me to go and bring some hope and, and let the light shine and, and sit with them in their pain. Come on. But I think we we gotta have that. We gotta have those relationships. Amen. Like we, if we don't have those relationships, then we we think we're going into the world helping them but they're also hurting us, wow. right? Because we're not we're not actually guarding our hearts and our minds. So you know now everything's about relationships for me. Thank you, thank you for that
0: answer. Uh, we got two more questions, yeah. uh, Rodrigo.
1: When you were a teenager
0: and/or your first years in the uh, major leagues. Mm-hmm. Has anybody looked down at you because you were Hispanic or because you were a Spanish speaker? Mm.
1: What will be your recommendation for those that are, are, as you said, uh, everything is about relationships. I did experience some of that, you know, but I never victimized myself. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And, And this is the biggest weapon the enemy in the world is gonna use against people. And now I see it now. It's not the color of your skin. It's not your background, it's not how you look, it's the ignorance. It's your mindset, yeah. Right? And when I talk about ignorance, I'm talking about ignorance from knowing the truth of God's word, Mm. but also of self-education, leadership, principles, you gotta learn how to think, you gotta learn how to, it's a process you gotta go through. You got to learn how to carry yourself, how to respect yourself, respect others, be punctual. I wasn't punctual today, but I usually, I'm I'm better at it. (laughs) I'm better, I'm retired baseball player. So a lot of times we we grow up thinking that we're, you know, it's about us, right? (laughs) So I'm trying to change that, but anyways. Uh, You gotta begin to 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 practice. I, I put in a lot of hours. I admire that about Pastor Charlie too. His ability to articulate a message in Spanish and English and do it with excellence both ways. Come on. But I can assure you that it didn't happen overnight. He wasn't born with it. For sure. Yeah. I, I guarantee you that there's <laughs> a lot of hours put into a lot of practice, a lot of work, a lot of you know behind the scenes of thinking and writing and visualizing and all those things. So it's been the same thing for my life. So. The message for people, especially that are minority, Mm. like we are, right? You come from a different country. You look different. You speak different. It's that invest all your energy and time, not on politics, not what the world is saying. Invest it in yourself. Mm. First of all, in your relationship with God. Come on. And then from there, identify what are the areas of my life that make me ignorant? You know, what is it that I need to get better at? Self-development, self-education. Become the person. Don't look at what people are saying now. You know, I, 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 like I it. we live in a in a victimhood with a victimhood mentality yep. and pointing the finger outside. And people ask me, it's "Like, hey, how do you you experience some racism or what, what happened?" Like, I, I don't remember any of that. Come on, and I don't remember having one single issue with with police officers. Now, buddy. Yeah. The moment that I started taking responsibility and I started building my, my education and the way I carry myself and presented myself, you listen to my English now, and it's surprising for people that I didn't learn this until after high school, right? Yeah, But it's like, I said, you know, I came to another country that has given me a lot. I'm so blessed and thankful by this country. So. I want to learn their language and I want to learn it well and I want to educate myself. So again, we got to get away from that victimhood mentality, poor me mentality, get away from that, begin to invest time in yourself. It's simple. It's like we're called to be the light of the world, man, regardless of where you come from.
3: Great, great answer. Abraham. Well, on behalf of parents, uh, that have teenage kids and and I have a, a teenage son and a young daughter, I just wanted to thank you very much for being a great role model. The humility with which you carry yourself, sometimes it's a little difficult to hear something like this, but I just want to say thank you on behalf of parents. This is something that we rarely see nowadays. Uh, people with convictions, people with uh, good moral values, uh, good Christian men, that we can actually tell our kids, you know what, look to that person. Wow. That person is doing it right. That person isn't perfect. Look to God for that, for yeah. perfection. But the, these are the type of people you need to follow. These are the type of people you need to emulate. So thank you very much on wow. behalf of parents so good. all across this country, all across Mexico, yes. that we can actually you know, tell our kids, you know what? Seek direction. Some of the kids in, in our church can have that privilege to be able to... I'm going to tell my son, hey, take time Yeah. and ask him questions. Learn to to be mentored by people like Jaime. And I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thank you for that, Pastor Abram. Yeah.
0: Speaking of that, where can people follow you on social media,
1: Jaime? I think that
0: it's important for parents to be able to tell their kids, hey, follow
1: this guy. Uh, I think people are going to be finding me more on social media, having a little bit more structure right now. I have a a Instagram Jaime Garcia official. So
0: again, it's uh, the tag is at Jaime Garcia official Mm -hmm. on Instagram for now. Jaime, I just want to elaborate a little bit on what Abraham said. Uh, We're thankful for models because I think that's what we most need in the kingdom. We live in a day and age where we have amazing Christian literature. We have amazing Christian conferences, We have Christian celebrities and artists and musicians, but what we need more of is models. I know that it sounds spiritual and a lot of leaders will uh, justify themselves by saying things like, hey, don't look at me, look at God. I'm gonna fail you. Uh, God's never gonna fail you. That sounds great and it might be true, but at the end of the day, we're deflecting responsibility. And I think we should own our faith and we should be responsible with our identity and say, as you say, as the Apostle Paul says, and many others that are great models, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. So thank you again for being here. I'm going to let Carla kind of close this out with a few words. And uh,
2: It's too much to choose. Okay. But um, I, I was trying to think of an overall theme that we've been just discussing. And there's two things that stand out, and it's choice and faith. Mm-hmm. Pastor Craig, I'm going to go back to him, uh, and Tim Tebow were having a conversation And Tim Tebow was complimenting Pastor Craig for his discipline. Mm. And his response impacted me because he said, I'm actually not a disciplined person, but I choose to be a disciplined person. Mm. People can say, people that are listening, people that are here that can say, well, I can never be successful because I'm not disciplined. I'm not committed. I don't have the finances. But those are excuses. Right. You know, we have to choose. And, Mm. um, Successful leadership, I think we can encompass it in two things this morning lead with faith and lead by making the right choices. Come on. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. Come so on. thank you, Jaime, for leading with discipline and so with good. faith. Thank you for thank being here. Thank you.
1: People, people often ask me now, what are the things that I like to do? And I tell people, I don't like working out, I don't like eating healthy. <laughs> I don't like fasting. I don't like reading. I don't like waking up early. Now you ask me what is the reason that I have the freedom and the stability and the adaptability in my life? It's because I do the things that I don't like to do. Right. And I do them like I like to do them. Right. Which is go, goes back to getting comfortable and being uncomfortable. Come on, It's not what I like to do, it's what I need to do, what is required for me to do. And, and it's the same thing with the faith. We're saved by grace. But how are we going to get to the end of our lives? The road we're going to travel in this life, it's up to our decisions, which are our habits, our belief system. So it's up to us. The excuses are only in the world. The enemy uses them. But there's no limits. So. Come on. I think that's going to
0: be my motto this week. Get, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Come on, yeah. somebody. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you again for being with us. And Jaime, one more time, let's hear for Jaime Garcia, our guest this morning. <laughs> hope you enjoyed being in the room with the leadership team at vital church we pray that whatever takeaways you got from our time together will enrich your life your leadership and your spiritual walk remember to visit our website vitalchurch.com for all things vital church and to follow this podcast so that you can join us for the next episode of in the room